Well, I don't I don't think marriage is marriage anymore. Okay. Like it's not it can't be marriage if you can get out for any reason. Yeah. Like if you read marriage vows, it's like for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer and sickness and in health, like all that. So it's like, is it really marriage if the average marriage is like eight years? Yeah. Like that that's not marriage. It's something else. It's basically just like a contract for a long term relationship, yeah. essentially. So I'm frequently attacked online by the Ukrainian bride business and their acolytes for pointing out the weaknesses in the strategy that they advocate bringing an Ukrainian woman, because Ukraine was the center of the Slavic bride business, otherwise drugly known as the mail order bride business in Eastern Europe, and bringing women to the West. And the reason why I caution against this for two reasons, value gap and Western family law. So in this video, I'm going to outline why what they advocate is a dating disaster and what you should be doing instead if you're a Western guy and you want to meet beautiful Eastern European women, maybe even enter a long-term relationship and get married if that's the best option for you. And spoiler alert, it's actually something that many of these Ukrainian bride business owners do themselves but don't advocate to their customers. Let's go. Bye, Sar experience. So anecdotally, it's very hard to get any hard stats on the success of marriages, either via the Ukrainian bride business or just in general between Westerners who bring women back to the West from, say, Ukraine or even Eastern Europe in general. But anecdotally, what I've been told is uh, by a a former client who was based in Canada. He had actually met his Russian wife in the late 90s through a marriage agency. And he was in a group of Canadians with you know, Russian, Ukrainian, other Eastern European nationalities. Uh, the guy was always Canadian, the woman was from Eastern Europe. And he told me that 80% of the marriages failed once the woman had residency or citizenship in Canada. And I've actually had a consultant client while I've been here in Almaty in Kazakhstan and he was actually born in Zaporizhia in Ukraine. So quite an unusual case, but grew up and then in the US. And his aunt worked for the Ukrainian bride business. And she told him that none of the marriages ever worked out between Americans and the Ukrainian women. It occasionally worked out sometimes with the Western Europeans like Swiss or Germans, but it was still pretty rare. And those are the cases where the guy actually gets married. The Ukrainian bride business has a lot of scams associated with it. So the number of percentage of guys who are actually getting married was still very small. And on top of that, we're talking about, you know, very high likelihood of divorce. So what are some of the concepts that are involved? Well, the two that I'm going to discuss are value gap. So this is the concept. I have another video about it. If you want to really dive deep, link it above in the card down below in the description. But in briefly, it is the concept that because men we men, we judge women, at least first of all, by their looks, that because women are so much more beautiful on average in Eastern Europe than in the West, a girl who might be rated out of 10 and her looks say a seven, when she comes to North America, she's suddenly a nine or maybe a 9.5, right? And the guy, because women tend to go for what's called hypergamy, which is the trend to date across and up on socioeconomic hierarchies. Now, it doesn't mean all women do this, but it is a trend. It's also cross-cultural. Because the West socioeconomically is so much better than in general, at least historically over the last, say, 30 years than most parts of East Europe, in particular Ukraine, that 
the woman will see the man as a big catch when she's sitting in Ukraine because she can go to America and the economy is going to be better and the socioeconomic status is higher. But then when she's actually there and she's already got her residency in the West, we'll take America as an example, she's suddenly like, well, this guy isn't actually so hot anymore because, you know, when I was in Ukraine, it was like move to America was the big socioeconomic uh, plus with him, but now I'm already in America. I don't really need him. He's kind of superfluous to requirements. And I'm actually a nine now. <laughs> uh, before it was a seven in Odessa or wherever. Uh, so I can basically date any guy here. And this guy uh, who sponsored me basically to come here, he's not the hottest thing or the most impressive guy I can actually date. Divorce. And that is how value gap works. And it is something very conscious of. The other thing, of course, is Western family law as opposed to in general family law in, say, Eastern Europe. Western family law tends to favor the socioeconomic inferior partner in a divorce. What does that mean? It means basically, normally, if you are the uh, poorer partner in a marriage, then the courts are going to favor you in terms of division of marital assets or just non-marital assets, alimony, child support. And in general, because of female hypergamy, that tends to be the woman. It's not always. And, but really, when we're talking about the Ukrainian bride business, it's nearly always that the woman is the socioeconomic inferior partner. And that means that, well, divorce is particularly attractive if she does not have a strong emotional bond to the guy, right? Because she has a huge financial incentive and divorce is already high in a country like Ukraine anyways. So these are the two things that guys don't tend to understand before they do that. And it is a fundamental flaw in the entire model of the Ukrainian bride business in 2023 in particular. It was probably always a big flaw based on the anecdotal feedback that I've gotten from people who are closer to this industry. So the other stereotype you're going to see in part from matchmakers also I think from a lot of red pillars who veer into misogyny a lot of the time especially in their YouTube content is that Eastern Europeans in particular Ukrainians because we're dealing with this Ukrainian bride business that they are religious good girls right they're devout Christians orthodox Christians and they're all at church and I guess baking cookies and all these other stereotypes to go along with that <laughs> virgins on their wedding day and in reality while officially Ukraine is 72% orthodox Christian only 15% of Ukrainians actually go to church regularly so uh, really you're talking about 15% of the population being reasonably religious and that is heavily skewed towards the older generation on top of it. So we're talking about women under 30 or 35, it's going to be a lot less than 15%. Personally, I have never met a Ukrainian hottie who went to a church more than for a special festivity or a holiday, whether that was the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church or the uh, Orthodox Church. That is the only time I ever saw one personally going. Now, you could say, well, Orthodox Christian good girls, they don't hang out with me. Probably fair enough. Uh, but in general, it's not that big a percentage of the population that thinks that way. And actually, I think for those girls that who are pretty devout, they probably look for someone at their church in the first place. So I don't know why they'd be going to a matchmaker necessarily. They can meet presumably guys with the same devout faith at their church. Um, so that would be the place for them to look and be kind of matched up, I would guess. But uh, yeah, so definitely not particularly religious. The religiosity is not the way it's described whatsoever. And on top of it, like, are they all baking cookies and cleaning like 1950 Stepford wives? In my experience, especially Ukrainian women under 30, 
absolutely not. I love to joke on my channel that Italian guys know how to cook better than most Ukrainian women, and it is true in spite of the fact that the borscht is delicious and the vereniki and all that great Ukrainian cuisine in general, they are not cooking and cleaning any more than really other nationalities that, well, at least where I've lived in, in the European Union or uh, maybe in the States. So that is not particularly uh, true in my experience. On top of that, are they, are they virgins on their wedding day? I couldn't find stats for Ukraine, but Russia, there was a, an article a few years ago in the Moscow Times and it claimed that 40% of, of Russian women lose their virginity before the age of 15. And remember the age of consent is only six, it's actually 16 in Russia. So basically illegally, like that is a crazy statistic. So this whole idea that, um, yeah, they're all waiting uh, virginly for their wedding night with their husband, uh, not, not really the case, uh, it seems statistically. Um, do they have as big a hookup culture as in some parts of the West? Uh, I don't think so, but by and large, uh, sex before marriage is pretty common. Um, so just dealing with that stereotype, I'm not saying it's good or bad, um, but yeah, probably a bit more prudish in my experience in terms of uh, sleeping with a stranger, but one night stands happen all the time in Ukraine. It's not that uncommon. Uh, so again, not really uh, a solid, a cogent argument to be made about the uh, the purity of the Ukrainian women in that sense. Next thing is uh, divorce. Divorce is higher in Eastern Europe in general than it is in the West. Yes, you heard that right. It is higher. Right. All these matchmakers are talking about all these uh, traditional valued women, but divorce is higher, right? And there's a multiple multitude of reasons for that uh, that are probably a bit different to the West. Like I think they get married a bit younger in the West, so more likely to, because of societal pressure to actually marry and then they fall out of love, <laughs> we'll say in inverted commas, with their original husband or vice versa. Um, and this is something that is pushed a lot by red pillars, the ones that, of course, veer towards misogyny. Uh, they claim that Western women are so promiscuous, they're, they're destroyed, they're trash, they're ruined. Uh, and um, I get all these messages from marketers all the time because, you know, matchmaking and red pill space in general, it's a lot of marketers in it. Marketers, they basically say what sells, not what is true because they're marketers and they know that this resonates. I get a lot of unsolicited messages telling them, say the Western women are ruined and the Eastern European women are the saviors uh, because they're not promiscuous. And they I even got a friend sending me uh, <laughs> uh, some content yesterday from a, a YouTuber. Um, who's in the red pill space and he was saying basically western women are ruined go elsewhere um, because they have more sexual partners and blah 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 the family unit's been destroyed divorce and i know for a fact because i met him once and he told me he was divorcing his ukrainian wife very few people i think know that that's what he has so can you imagine the hypocrisy he's putting this out there but he's a marketer so he doesn't care he's just gonna shoot it out there and build his audience of people that want to believe him even though it's detached completely from the reality um, so divorce is higher than the West. Um, then you've got, what else? You've got fertility rate. Normally you expect if they're traditional, they're going to have big families. Ah, ah, ah. Lower fertility rate than in the West. Ukraine is about 1.2. It's not very different in Russia and the countries around it either. Um, so it's at the very low end compared to the West. Most of the West is like 1.5 to 2, which is still too low for um, keeping the population constant over time. Uh, but it's even lower in Ukraine. It's 1.2. So what you get with this system, 
which actually feeds into the main demographic that actually goes to these marriage agencies is of course what I dubbed the pandemic, because it's regional, of single moms, right? So you have a lot of women who get divorced, it's over 50%, they have the one to two kids with their husband, and then unfortunately for them, it's just the way it works out, they are a lot lower value on the dating market, they're probably at that stage in their 30s, and um, they already got someone else's kid, and just most guys in general, they don't see that as attractive as taking the 25-year-old version without kids, so they struggle to get good dating options in that case, so where do they go? And it's not even that they're selfish for themselves, they're selfish for their, their children's welfare. It's like they go look for an American husband or a Canadian husband or some foreign husband at the marriage agency because then he's gonna pay for the kid, bring her, the child's gonna grow up in the West, have a, probably a better education, a better life, right? So I don't think they're bad people because of it. It's just the incentives for guys are not great, let's be frank, in terms of investing in another man's offspring. Um, than in your own offspring. So some guys do want to do that. Maybe they're older, maybe they have their own kids. Uh, maybe they're, they can't conceive themselves. So they want to have the human experience of helping to bring up a child. That's fine. That's perfectly reasonable. But in general, if you extrapolate out, most men see that as a negative. As a result, these women don't have many dating options. They're putting the, probably the kids' priorities first. And yeah, they're heading to the matchmaker. Uh, and uh, yeah, as the traditional single mom, <laughs> the traditional religious single mom. I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> the way they try to describe this, it's like a complete oxymoron, but that is just the reality of religiosity and traditional values in a country like Ukraine. It is maybe closer to that stereotype in other countries, but you don't see, as I said, the, the matchmakers going to Armenia or somewhere like that. Even if she's not coming with another man's kids, she's not a single mom. Again, the premise to go to the matchmaker is socioeconomics. They're not looking for values. If they wanted similar values, the real men of Eastern Europe are all around them. Right? That's not a problem to find if you're a Ukrainian woman. What is a problem to find is socioeconomics, guys with higher socioeconomics, because in general the economic situation is lower than in the West. Uh, and then of course you get the problem when they get to the West and they have their residency, they have their sinship, they go down to the hair salon uh, and they meet some other Eastern European women uh, who are all there cackling about how they got divor they divorced their husband in the US or in Britain or wherever and they were able to take 50% of his stuff, demand alimony, you know, they, they're gonna find that out even if they don't have that malevolent um, intent when they leave and go to the West. Ah, they're gonna look around, say, hey, my value was here, this guy is actually really here. Uh, he's not that amazing now that I actually see my other options around me. Um, yeah, you just need to be really cognizant of that um, outcome, that the, the reality of the situation you're gonna be living with if you go to the West with value gap, and as I said, Western family law and female hypergamy, women, uh, in general, not all women, but in general, there is a trend that they want to date and marry across and up on socioeconomic hierarchies. Uh, so you need to be able to satisfy that basic female hypergamy. In general, men hypogamy, which is to date across and down in general. And so you have to be cognizant of that as well. And um, yeah, so women, they're going to monkey branch. They're going to use one guy to get to the West. And then they're going to realize, whoop. Now I got better options here, dump him, I have my residency, I have my citizenship, go for the other guy. But as a counter argument to that, would we'll say that with the fact that Ukrainian women nowadays can actually travel and live without getting married to the West, they can all live in the European Union at the moment with this war, with the Russian-Ukrainian war, 
with the EU's uh, Temporary Protection Directive, it's actually pretty easy for them. It's extremely easy to get a Canadian visa, basically they get it for free automatically. Um, a lot of users get to the US with a sponsor, without a sponsor. Same for the UK, same for Australia, same for New Zealand. Uh, that actually, maybe they can get there without having to <laughs> use a guy to actually get there. Uh, but then again, that's going to make it a dating disaster for, for the matchmakers even worse, the ones, the few that are genuine, because they're going to have less uh, women want, even wanting to come. They don't need the guy anymore. So anyways, that's what I think on the topic of religiosity and traditional values and what happens if they go to the West. So what's happened to the women that come to rich cities is they come emotionally detached. They come with the idea that I want to meet a rich man. Now that woman is completely different to the woman that comes to a city and says, I want to fall in love and have kids. Now that emotionally detached woman who comes, I want a good life is never emotionally invested. And here's the mistake a lot of rich men make. They seem to think that if they can support a girl and give her a good life, loyalty is a given but what they're forgetting is a woman that craves a good life doesn't seek emotional intimacy she seeks financial intimacy now any woman who doesn't seek emotional intimacy is far more likely to stray so they're the most likely to be cheated on is these men that spoil their women because yeah. loyal women want to be spoiled by time they don't want to be spoiled by possessions. And a lot of these successful men don't have time. So they naturally filter out loyal women and get the ones that are okay with a financial investment. So even though these two clips are actually about Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, they actually reveal very important and pertinent points for the kind of setup that the Ukrainian bribe is, has been advocating. It's that, well, if the woman is emotionally detached and focused on finances and improving her financial situation, socioeconomic status, then they're more likely to basically be promiscuous and to leave the guy for someone better. That is what I talked about with the value gap, right? And it's even exacerbated by Western family law. That is exactly the same issue in bringing a woman from somewhere like Ukraine to the West. But therein lies the solution to all of this and that is to actually move at least part of the year to Eastern Europe because then as Sadia Khan pointed out in that interview with Chris Williamson you need to be basically looking for women who are going to be emotionally invested and attached to you and want to have a family rather than a woman who is basically out gold digging because women like that not going to be emotionally invested and going to be emotionally detached means that when she sees some other better opportunity more likely to monkey branch onto the next guy so and where are you going to find those women you're more likely to find them in situ the girls who are not looking for a, an american husband to leave and go to america right the girls who probably are maybe open to leaving if they meet the right guy they would probably follow the guy as he is here in Eastern Europe, usually the guy's assertive and leading the relationship and where they're going to live and making, at least being the guy who is going to be the main breadwinner in general. So that normally determines where they're going to live, if they're going to leave. But basically, she is more interested not in the guy, you know, leaving terrible Eastern Europe and heading to America or to Canada or to the UK, but she's actually focused on emotionally investing and thinking of having a family with you the guy and you know it might be that you come here for three months you might live a year or two 
and then you meet someone and you might decide to leave afterwards, but the process by which you met and the whole premise behind it is completely different. And this is the kicker. Many of these Ukrainian bride business owners, they met their wives or partners by doing exactly that. <laughs> Not by what they actually sell, right? But a lot of these guys are marketers at heart, so they know, well, I'm telling the guys they got to come here like me and hang out for one or two years, go through lots of dates and relationships until I find uh, a great partner. Um, that's hard to sell to them. What's easier to sell is, hey, we have lots of marriage-minded ladies, which complete cold read because most women in East Europe, almost all of them are marriage-minded. <laughs> and, you know, they're all just here. You can't go on to Tinder and meet exactly the same women. Of course you can, almost entirely. Or you can't just come here and you can meet them at the bar or just socially through, I don't know, going to events or maybe you want to meet a religious woman. You could go to the church, right? And then you would probably meet them there. But that's not what they can sell. They know what works. It's validated as a business for 30 years, although now it's basically in desperation and about to disappear, at least with respect to Ukraine. From what I can see as that kind of mass industry, my pup is basically pivoting towards other regions in the world, from what I can see. So that is the key, right? That's why I've had a relationship for the last three years, right? It's not that Angela is not open to living maybe potentially somewhere else if it made sense, is that she didn't sign up to a marriage agency or go to seek out a foreign guy to leave Ukraine. That's another thing for me to point out. Sometimes I've gotten this uh, reaction from the guys, hello, who are very against the idea of even moving to Eastern Europe. And they're like, oh, it's so low status to be there. Look at my postcode. I get the best postcode. One guy actually wrote that to me. I was like, yeah. Uh, how many beautiful Ukrainian women have you actually dated or married? And it was like crickets. Yeah, because other than a gold digger, no one else is really going to be initially that impressed by your postcode. Let's be frank about it. Um, and that is the problem that Sadie Khan is pointing out. If these guys, they will basically attract these women and reward these women. And then they will end up in a disastrous dating situation. So the key is actually come in situ. Um, and not come as some tourist in reality, but actually have a purpose to be here, gonna be a lot stronger, uh, build your social circle. There are lots of different ways to meet beautiful, great, sincere women here in Eastern Europe, uh, but matchmaking and the Ukrainian buy business is not particularly one of them. Let's be very clear about that. So you might think I'm gonna be very downhearted about the possibilities of dating here in East Europe because of the dating disaster that is the Ukrainian bride business, but Fear not, this is the region which, in my opinion, is the best for dating beautiful women in the world. And why is that? Because it just happens to be more beautiful women here than any other part of the planet, in my opinion. With a few little small pockets that are exceptions across the globe, you have Eastern Europe. But if you go with the mindset that many of the male order brides Ukrainian bride business victims go in with, you will not succeed. You need a different strategy. And for my clients, we live the czar experience in person. Now with the ongoing Russo-Ukrainian war, we are not currently going to Ukraine, Russia or Belarus. We are going to obviously here Almaty, the big apple of Kazakhstan. Also to ridiculously hot Riga, hot in terms of the beauty, leggy blondes galore, to Warsaw, Poland, 
where you have the pretty Poles, the cute Ukrainians, and the beautiful Belarusians in that city. And finally, we're going to Mad Moldova, crazy Chisinau, where it's been a lot of December of 2022, a lot of fun there. And of course, you've got a lot of magical Moldovans around. So, why do my clients want to come still to Eastern Europe with the Russo-Ukrainian War? Because this still is the, a region where you can live a life of greater abundance in terms of more freedom, better value for money, lower taxes, and of course, your day in life can be transformed because this is the place, the best place on the planet to meet the nines and tens. It's super beautiful, the model level beauty. Easier than you're going to meet it in New York City, unless you are, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio, a legend with Leo's Law. But alas, it is obviously harder in New York City to be Leonardo DiCaprio than it is in Eastern Europe. And that can be you. And that is why we live the Zara experience together with my clients. Down below is an application form to the Zara experience. Now, it is by application only because I vet my prospective clients. You need to have the potential to have the value to enter the high level social circles and date the uber beautiful and actually be the guy that's a good fit for living three to 12 months per year normally in Eastern Europe. So I don't just take everybody. And down below is the application form. Before you do that, you need to watch two playlists if you haven't seen them already. They are number one, the cities that we go to on this our experience. You're gonna get a little bit of the flavor in those vlogs. Also, not just the cities that we're currently going to, also got some older vlogs with previous clients there. And also, second playlist is my set of tutorials for dating the nines and tens of Eastern Europe. The model level beauty, the one percenters, and that is an invaluable resource. You should go watch those two playlists to get an idea of whether you think that you are a real man enough, basically, Nastasia Mujik, for the Zara experience. And down below then is the application form, and it could be you with me having an unforgettable weekend, long weekend here in Eastern Europe to kick off your first step in a high-level lifestyle focused on Eastern Europe, at least in part. And if you're still wondering about it, take the words of Wayne Gretzky, a Canadian ice hockey player of Belarusian origins, Belarusian roots, very appropriate for my videos. And he said that you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. So down below is that application form. And otherwise it is a Tasvidaniya from the Big Apple of Kazakhstan, Almaty the Almighty. Ciao, ciao. Sar Experience.